Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today we have our One Question Monday, where Dr. Peyton and I just discuss a commonly asked question as quick and concisely as possible. Dr. Peyton is a physical therapist and she's a teacher at Evlo and she also works for Evlo. So welcome, Peyton. I'm excited for this topic. I know, me too. This will be a great one. So we are talking about neck shoulder tension and specifically upper trap tension. And your upper trap is the big muscle that connects from basically your neck down to uh, your shoulder region. And this is commonly an area where people feel a lot of tension. It's commonly an area where people want to stretch, where people want to get massages. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I hear from when I was a physical therapist, almost all of my patients, oh, I hold my tension right here. And they would point Mm -hmm. to their upper traps. So I actually have a background of experiencing a lot of tension in my upper traps to the point where it was like constantly nagging. Like it's constantly, Mm -hmm. um, annoying and like, it just felt tight and I was constantly stretching and constantly getting massages. And I will say that the stretching and massages never did anything. It like temporarily relieved, but never moved the needle. It would always come back. So maybe if you're listening and you're also experiencing that, you notice the same thing. It's like stretching and massage, like feels good temporarily, but that's just what it is. It's just a bandage, just a temporary fix. So today we want to talk about the upper traps a little bit more because I no longer have any issues with my upper traps. I don't even think about it anymore. They don't bother me anymore. So we want to kind of give you some tools in today's podcast. So Let's start by talking about something that um, is, I think, misunderstood, especially in the fitness industry. And it's that we don't cue for posturing a lot of shoulders down and back. I think like, you know, historically, like that's you, if you, you need to have your shoulders away from your ears, like slide your shoulders down and back, puff your chest up but that posturing could actually be doing you more harm than good. Peyton, do you want to take that and talk about the posturing of shoulders down and back? Yeah. Yeah. From a postural perspective, oftentimes this can go into kind of overcorrection mode. I know for me, when I was a practicing physical therapist, this was something that I would see all the time. We'd have people of all ages and genders that had, that would come in and they were in more of this puffed chest position because they had tried to overcompensate for quote unquote bad postures of what you think of the typical shoulders rounded forward, hunched over working at your desk. Cause that was so much of the rhetoric for so long was, okay, well then you need to go completely opposite of that. But what can happen when we put shoulders down and back and, and really puff that chest out is that we go in the opposite direction. So we have a really hard time breathing appropriately, being able to effectively use the diaphragm muscle. That's our big muscle that sits um, at the top of your core and at the bottom of your lungs, it's like a flat line across is the best way to think of it in layman's terms. So whenever you puff that chest up, it puts the diaphragm in a position where it can't really move up and down appropriately like it wants to. So what will happen is we then breathe with our necks. We have no other option, but to inhale and exhale, really using the the upper trap and, and a lot of the accessory muscles that we want to work, but we don't want to be the primary movers for breathing. Um, and, and then it just kind of is a, is a vicious cycle a little bit. So that's one of the reasons why when people talk a lot about, Oh, I have bad posture. We, we're trying to get away from good versus bad posture and really being able to move between all different types of postures and not getting stuck in one place or the other, especially not in shoulders down and back. 
Yep. And what's interesting is as a physical therapist, I saw so many patients who would do that overcorrecting of their posture, shoulders down and back all the time. And what's interesting is they would start to develop shoulder issues, impingement issues of their, of their shoulder, because um, the, the glenohumeral joint works in conjunction with, so you've got your shoulder and then you've got your scapula, your shoulder blade. And if you're Mm -hmm. always shoving your shoulder blades down, they can impinge on structures of the shoulder and mm-hmm. that can cause dysfunction, pain, inflammation in the shoulder. So this could yeah. be something that is kind of like a trickle down effect, right? Is that if you're always drawing those shoulders down and back and causing impingement in that shoulder, you can start to have shoulder issues as well. So I think that they can kind of interplay with one another. Absolutely. I'd see them hand in hand pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. So what, how would you recommend then instead posturing? Cause we get questions about posture all the time. Maybe we should do a separate episode. But no, just, no. Yeah. Just for this, um, specifically just shoulders, how to hold your shoulders. Yeah. What I would think about more is if you find yourself in either that a hunched forward position where you're rounded at your desk all day, or you find yourself trying to overcorrect in the opposite position, give yourself a, a breakaway from your activity that you're doing your work, whatever it is, and either sit or lie down and allow your rib cage to stack directly over your pelvis. So that looks more like a neutral spine. You'll want to have a little bit of a curve of an arch in the low back. That's natural. Um, you don't have to get too in the weeds about how much am I supposed to be curved or not. Um, and you want to be able to just sit one on top of the other and breathe diaphragmatically. So we talk about this a lot in our Evlo classes, but you want to think about expanding that rib cage in 360 degrees, imagining that it's opening up, like as if you were opening up an umbrella and then, and you allow your abdomen to expand as well. So everything is expanding at once. It's not just your belly. It's not just your chest, all expanding. So your diaphragm can move down appropriately and allow the lungs to fill and then exhale it all, bringing it kind of naturally back towards center. So just take a few rounds of breath, even five rounds of breath can make a really big difference and allow you to kind of get out of one or the other position that you're in. So that, yeah. but the goal is for it to become more of a subconscious thing over time. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because some of you want to like overcorrect their posture. And I never recommended that as a physical therapist, I would just say posture is kind of a function of your environment. And so Mm -hmm. just move, like just try not to get stuck in one position for too long, instead of trying to consciously remind yourself, Oh, I gotta, I gotta put my shoulders down and back. Oh, I gotta, I would totally like dish that from your routine of trying to Mm -hmm. remind yourself to put your shoulders down and back. And instead you know, try to move more, just try not to stay stuck in the same position. If you can try to get some breath work in, try to improve the function of your diaphragm. Those things will make bigger differences for your neck pain than just trying to, and your posture than just trying to like shove something in a place that it doesn't want to go. Exactly. So this shoulders down and back takes us to the next issue that I think causes, uh, or is a contributor to someone's upper trap pain tightness. And that is exercise selection and shoving your shoulders down and back when you're doing certain exercises like overhead pressing, downward facing dog if you're if you do yoga, any type of arm movement where you're moving your arm away from your body, we hear in fitness culture to put your shoulders down and back. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not something that we necessarily recommend because as your arm elevates away from your body, the natural mechanism of your shoulder is for your shoulder blade to elevate as well. 
So your shoulder blade needs to elevate and kind of tilt upwards to make room for your shoulder to move in its socket. Otherwise, if we're pressing that shoulder blade down again, it can impinge on some structures of the shoulder and cause more inflammation, more issues um, down the chain. So that's why we say, let your shoulder blades rise. They should be rising as your arms are rising. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And what can happen too, if you find yourself constantly doing that while you're then trying to work your arms is that it's only natural for your shoulder, for your upper traps to then become super overactive and super like feeling of tightness or um, feeling really toned because your nervous system is sensing some level of discomfort or some level of inflammation that could be happening from the rubbing of structures between the shoulder blade and the shoulder. And so it's going to naturally tighten up to try and protect you. So it really is your body trying to protect you. So instead of trying to, you know, massage your way out of it, or not to say that there's not a time to play massages feel great. Let's be honest. But if that's, we we don't want to rely on that. If there's chronic or perpetual tightness in an area, listen to your body look at your routine and say, what can I maybe take out or what cue am I doing that I could maybe tweak and then go from there. And usually that, that pain relief will come, um, especially if there's not like a specific injury in the area, if it's just that, you know, chronic rubbing up the structures. Yep. And you touched on something that I think is great in, in that the tightness is usually a symptom of your body trying to protect you. So that's why we don't recommend stretching this muscle. Again, it might feel good temporarily, but it's only a bandaid because if you're not addressing what's causing the tightness, it's just going to come back. So I I actually found that tightness or um, stretching made my upper trap tightness worse. And I found so many patients that I worked with when I told them just stop stretching your upper traps, just stop doing it. Stop shoving your shoulders down and back and stop stretching your upper traps. They've come back to me in two weeks and be like, it's gone. Like the pain is gone. And it doesn't mean that there isn't some underlying issue that we need to resolve from there. Absolutely. Therapists and in treatment, but it's, it just goes to show that when you listen to those cues of your body and instead of just like trying to, you know, put a bandaid on it, it truly does make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about exercises. Mm-hmm. There are some exercises that we don't do for the shoulders um, and the arms mm-hmm. for, for mechanical reasons. Again, I never want to say something like is bad or any type of movement is wrong. It's just that we choose different things for mechanical reasons. So we don't do mm-hmm. lots of like overhead presses or standing lateral raises, which I do think um, for some people, especially if you have a history of, of neck pain, it can cause additional issues. So do we want to touch on that or does that something we want to leave for another episode? Yeah, well, people could definitely, and we can link it in the show notes below reference our, I think it was our second or first or second or second one question Monday, where we talked about why we don't do overhead presses because yeah. we definitely touch on it a lot in there. Um, but both from that just when, because it's a tendency for people to put their shoulders down and back, then they're causing potentially that impingement when they go to load it even heavier when you're lifting a weight overhead. So that's one of the reasons why you maybe wouldn't include it in in your program if you already have that tenderness in the area. And then another reason is that you are creating a, a pretty significant moment arm to the upper traps, loading the upper traps while you're really trying to work the deltoid. So there's just, there's potentially more effective ways 
to load the deltoid muscle while not overloading the upper tract and, and contributing or feeding into that pattern of, of overactivation of the tract. So that's really why we, yeah. what we, we recommend is doing those sideline shoulder abductions instead. So if you're an upper member, you definitely know what this is, but yeah. if you're not, we lie on our side and we, it's, it's like a lateral raise, but, uh, for the shoulder, but you're just on your side. And that usually, um, is a little less force through the upper traps. Not that there's anything wrong with working the upper traps. We want those muscles to be strong as well. Um, but it just more specifically loads through the deltoid. Yeah. Um, and even in that exercise, we don't want people to hold their shoulder blades down and back. Right. So we want, we, just like you mentioned, anytime you're moving your arm away from your body, let that shoulder blade move as it wants to let it move up as you're lifting the arm up. And we also, with that specific exercise, we always perform it a little bit in front of our body. We don't perform it straight in the um, frontal plane, right to our sides. We perform it in what's called the scapular plane of motion, which it's kind of sounds just like an, it, or the scaption plane is it's honoring the position of the shoulder blade of the scapula and how it likes to be slightly forward. So we really try and keep in mind your anatomy of the shoulder blade, the shoulder, everything in the region, and then also taking out that cue of down and back can make for a lot more comfortable shoulders and necks for your upper body work. Yeah. We've had so many people, so many other members be like, I used to have horrible neck pain and I noticed I just don't have it anymore because of yeah. exercise selection, stopping the shoulders down and back and stopping stretching, I think makes a huge difference. Now yeah. let's give someone, I want to talk about if you're doing all those things, if you're avoiding the down and back and you're, you are moving about throughout your day, you're getting your breathing, right. You're choosing exercise selection, uh, that is less likely to piss off the upper trap and shoulder. Yeah. Let's talk about developing upper trap strength, because I think that some of us, so much of us are afraid to load these muscles, but I always say that number one, just because you work the upper traps doesn't mean that they're going to, you're going to develop like a football player neck. I think people right. are afraid of that. Definitely not a concern. And then, um, number two is that people don't want these muscles to be stronger because they're like, Oh, well, it's already so tight and right. tense. I don't want to make it worse, but the interesting thing is, is our upper trap muscles, they're one of the primary muscles that attach your arm to the rest of your body. And so they're basically one of the primary muscles that's holding your arm on your body. They're loaded throughout your entire day because anytime your arms are at your side, your arms weigh something, right? So they're always trying to kind of pull your shoulders down. And so your upper traps are always at a low level of contraction in order to keep your shoulders uh, on your body. Yeah. <laughs> so and your head upright. <laughs> yeah. And your head and your head, cause they also attach on the neck. So keeping your head upright as well. So there's nothing wrong with having strong upper traps. In fact, it could probably help, um, your neck issues to have stronger upper traps. So if you're doing all of these things that we suggest in this podcast, what I used to do, and I love doing is a few shoulder shrugs, heavy shoulder shrugs. Um, either if you're feeling some tense, tense tightness throughout your day, you can grab a pair of like moderate dumbbells and do really slow shoulder shrugs, shrugging your shoulders up towards your ears, your arms are by your side with those weights. Um, and you can also do that before an upper body workout. If you know, um, that upper body historically kind of pisses off neck or shoulders, you can do a few shoulder shrugs to get those upper trap muscles active yeah. so that they can better stabilize your shoulder and neck during your workout. 
Yep. I actually included them in my warm-up for class today because we were working biceps. And so I included them to just to cue people away from the down and back motion that so often we'll take even in a bicep curl where we're not taking our arms away from the body and just showing people. I did it just with a band. It's super easy. You can have a resistance band on hand, put it on your feet, do some shrugs with it just to give your upper traps, wake them up basically and, and let your brain know where they are and that they are able to function and support you. Yeah. Because when your nervous system is getting that cue that, oh, this muscle that's really important for holding my arms on my body, for stabilizing my neck, this muscle is strong and stable. Your nervous system is going to go, okay, we can now produce better output in other muscles. Yeah. We can now reduce tightness in other areas. We can now reduce pain and discomfort. So I think that having that muscle be strong is a really good tool that you can use in addition to breathing, you know, moving throughout your day, try not to overcorrect posture um, and choosing wise exercises during your upper body workouts. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Did we cover it? I think so. Got okay. it all. Amazing. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next Thursday for a new episode and next Monday for a new one question Monday. Bye for now.